Hey everyone, my name is Yaro, and you're listening to the Daydream Rose podcast. Thank you so much for your patience with this episode. I still kind of felt like I was reading a little bit of a winter break after the holidays, but now I'm really gently and slowly kind of easing myself back into interviewing people and setting interviews up and inviting people and thinking about the solo episodes. And of course, as always, I would love to hear from you if you have any wishes. Today's episode is really beautiful. I'm returning to the book The Artist's Way and I had the opportunity to talk to Sarah Liza Kelly about her practice and how this book has changed her perspective on being an artist and making commitments and having these daily practices that can be so beautiful and nourishing. So I'm returning to this book um, with the support of Sarah's support group um, and you can join us as well if you like. Um, it's online on Sundays. We'll meet on starting on March 3rd and it's pretty affordable. So it's 30 to 100 British pounds on a sliding scale and there's more information in the show notes if you are interested. A quick update from me. Um, ooh, <laughs> I had a bit of a hibernating January and half of March. Of, sorry, February. See, this is how confused I am. <laughs> um, after moving doing quite a big push over the holidays and moving my programs and courses over to mighty networks where we will now have a really beautiful network of like-minded people there's an app through which you can access my courses um, the magic of embodiment is a year-long program that's kind of halfway now but you can still join us and you'll get instant access to the first modules um, there's the DIY small business school that's really thriving and it's really beautiful to see kind of what everyone is working on and to have this little mastermind where we can support each other and give feedback. So that's still open to you as well. Um, you can join us by becoming a patron and the link for that is in the show notes as well. Okay, I'm gonna let you enjoy today's show. Everyone, I'm super excited to have a beautiful guest with me today. I'm speaking to Sarah Eliza Kelly. Um, Hi, <laughs> who I've met on Instagram, um, you know, like it's often the case, but I'm really excited to speak to her because she's also excited about the book, The Artist's Way um, by Julia Cameron. I met Julia Cameron a couple of years ago and yeah, it really touched me in a way. So I'm super excited to talk today about this practice, the book, um, movement and embodiment and all these beautiful things. But first I'm going to hand it over to you Sarah so that you can say hi and let us know where you are in the world and what nature is like around you. Of course hello um, I'm really excited you met Julia I hadn't realized that we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll have to get on to that story. So uh, yeah I'm sat in my bedroom in central London I live in a very very busy street in the middle of Brixton um, so there's quite little nature immediately around me but I um, have a lot of plants <laughs> and I mean a, a, a really a lot of plants. Um, I almost live in a, live in a sort of <laughs> a greenhouse here. So I've got a lot of those around me and I've got a beautiful blue sky. Um, yeah, so that's where I am for now. Mm. I'm in England too at the moment and I see the same blue sky as we speak, which is quite exciting because so often my guests are very far away and also it's ah. exciting because it's February in England and exactly. the skies are quite special. Exactly, and it's really bright. I mean, it's actually sunny, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're fortunate. 
Cool. So um, you are a person of many different exciting practices. <laughs> I am. Um, and so maybe let's start with what you're most excited about right now. Like what is part of your everyday life and um, what are you seeing as your main thing for 2019? Sure. Okay. Um, well, it's worth saying that uh, being somebody who's kind of drawn and interested to many different things and many different practices has really had its challenges. Um, mm -hmm. Particularly, I think, in a world that encourages us to really focus on one thing and define success as like focusing and going deeper into one thing. Um, I have a, a writing practice. I work with poetry and language. I have an art practice. I have a movement practice. Um, and I'm really, I've really been on a journey uh, of, of self-care. So practices that are relating to, to my health and my well-being. And um, mm. it's taken me a very long time actually to come close to the sort of level of daily structure that I feel like I'm more comfortable with now. Mm. Um, so I do some journaling in the morning. I do some meditation. I do some free movement practice, um, just sort of warming up my body, however feels good a little bit of yoga um, and then I have uh, some some health practices that I'm doing some supplements that I'm that I'm taking for my health and uh, yeah it's it, it the, the structure of having that actually is the thing that I find most exciting these days I uh, I used to have a very long list of things that I wanted to do mm -hmm. Or rather that I thought would be really beneficial for me to be doing and sometimes I use that as a way of feeling guilty mm -hmm. for the things that I you know it was never enough it was never mm -hmm. enough what I was doing and um, yeah I, I use a sort of timing method these days a little bit similar to the Pomodoro method have you ever heard of that one no I haven't so the Pomodoro method um, I'm not quite sure where it originated from, but it's this, it's this notion of timing something for, I think it's 25 minutes originally, um, based on the idea that we, we sort of focus best for short periods of time. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really been a lifesaver for me because it's made me feel like I can, do, I, I can do whatever I'm doing for a short period of time and still feel like, I'm, like, I've, like I've achieved something. Mm -hmm. So... Um, depending on how much time I have in the morning, I might just be meditating for five minutes and writing for five minutes and moving for five minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and if I have a bit longer, then I'll do all of those things for 10 minutes. And I have even longer, I'll do all those things for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but it makes me feel like I can do something very small, even if it's, um, yeah, even if it's just a short amount of time, mm -hmm. setting myself up for my day well. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And I think it's so funny how we, like, or I as a podcast host so often have this experience that m my guests tell me something that I need to hear in that moment because I was also thinking really hard these these last two weeks about my day routines and what I want to invite in and what feels overwhelming, but also all, everything that I'm so excited about. And yeah. I think this boundary of time and being very specific as I approach something and say, okay, this is going to get five minutes and then this is going to get 10 minutes or however long I have. Yeah. yeah, that's a great idea because I think, yeah, sometimes I get up and I'm like, oh gosh, I, so, so breakfast is a big deal. Then I really want to walk my dog in like a nice leisurely way. That's fun for both of us. And yeah. then I want to drink my tea and then I want to write and I want to move in some way and I want to meditate. And it just 
feel so much, you know, unless, yeah. unless you really break it down. So yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's a, it's a funny thing for me timing. Um, I've, I've always really resisted structure and yet craved it at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I'm really entering into the stage of my life where I'm really beginning to understand my own relationship to feeling freedom within structure. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, one of the biggest, actually thinking about it, the biggest changes, particularly in the last two years, maybe is really allowing myself rest during the day that's quite mm -hmm. short mm -hmm. but really allowing myself to do nothing within it mm -hmm. so I'll even just um maybe if I've been outside of the house and when I come back in before I'm doing other tasks I'll set my timer for 15 minutes mm -hmm. and I'll just lie down on my bed and do absolutely nothing mm -hmm. and it's extraordinary how long that 15 minutes feels <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you can guarantee that at least once during that time I will have picked up my phone to go did I accidentally not set the timer? Has it really been an hour? You know, um, yeah. and just giving myself that like 10 or 15 minutes of rest mm. actually has given me a huge, um, like relaxation and then renewal of energy for whatever it is that I'm doing next. Mm. And it's such a short amount of time, but really giving that structure has allowed me actually a lot of, a lot of freedom within it. Um, mm. so yeah. Oh, I really love that idea. I'm definitely going to try that too. Yeah, <laughs> yes. You'd be surprised. The brain also just thinks it's, it's been much longer. It has to be much yeah, longer. Yeah. Surely I've been sleeping for a whole hour. Yeah. And I mean, it's crazy how, how little actually it takes for me um, to really, really allow my body to come into a much more mm. relaxed state. Um, mm -hmm. But just by giving, just by really giving myself the gift of that, of that structure. Mm especially without your phone it is so fucking tempting to just say okay I have 10 minutes but in the end I'm gonna sit down or lie down but I'm just gonna scroll on my phone yeah um yeah yeah so yeah. yeah yeah and that's for me you know I yeah I do that all the time and the difference in the kind of rest that I feel in my body when it's unstimulated versus mm -hmm. when it's stimulated in some way with digital so mm -hmm. the same if I just have like an hour and all I'm doing is really just drinking drink, drinking tea you know just drinking tea or maybe even listening to something on the radio um I feel much calmer afterwards and actually if I've spent that hour you know on the internet in some way even if it's just been doing pleasurable things um mm -hmm. the level of stimulation that I feel when I'm relaxing mm -hmm. um it's really hard I think to carve out these slices spaces in our day where we're actually not having any kind of stimulation um yeah and I certainly need them and I think need them more and more and more <laughs> as mm -hmm. I go through life yeah me too absolutely yeah um I so much of what you're talking about also makes me feel that you're making a lot of space for your creative practice, which is really beautiful. Yeah. So I think that is a beautiful bridge to maybe touch on the book that we both love, which is the artist's way. Yeah. Um, and I just would love to hear like how you first came across it and how it has affected you and how you're working with it now. Yeah. Okay, great. So um, it's funny because when you use that word, the, the book we both love, I, just, <laughs> I, I can almost feel there's something in my body going, do I love it? Do I love it? I, I think I have an interesting, almost like love hate relationship mm -hmm. with it. Um, mm -hmm. But that's why I think it's so special and so important. Mm -hmm. um, and that's also interesting for me as somebody that facilitates artist way groups. Um, and I find it refreshing to actually really just own that honesty of saying, I love this book and 
I can't get behind every single word that yeah. she says in it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it I find a bit triggering. Some of it I find a bit outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet there's something in the core of it that I really feel is valuable and worthwhile in the sorts of questions that she's asking of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I came across the book probably about seven years ago, seven, maybe even eight years ago. Um, mm-hmm. It was on a friend's bookshelf. And, uh, you know, I picked it up and flipped through it. And then as happens, I think for many people, it was on another friend's bookshelf and then another yes. friend's bookshelf <laughs> yes. came into my awareness through feeling like it was something that other people had and knew about. Um, but really nobody had actually done it. You know, it was, mm. I think it's also so funny um, the way that many people, people within my circles at least uh my friendship circles know about the book maybe have it maybe have tried it but very few have finished it I think Mm -hmm. I I, I've met before just one person who did Mm -hmm. it all the way through on her own Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just so so impressed (laughs) by that Um, so yeah I was I was curious about it for a while it was in my awareness but I hadn't tried it Mm -hmm. and then um one day I ended up borrowing it and I was thinking just before we had this conversation, there's a high probability that the book that I own is actually still belongs to, to a friend of mine. <laughs> um, I, I, I borrowed and I, I think I've, I think that's still, that's still their book. Um, and I had it again for like two years on my bookshelf, maybe got to like chapter two, did some exercises and then began like, you know, flicking, skipping bits, picking out the bits that I wanted to do and not the rest mm-hmm. um, and then leaving it, giving up. Um, mm-hmm. And then around about, um, must have been sort of three years ago now, three, four years ago, I uh, had started uh, a PhD at, that I'm just finishing off at the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm studying at the Royal College of Art. I'm doing a PhD in fine art practice and I don't have any background in art. So <laughs> I was feeling like such a level of, um, of, of fraudulence, you know, of imposter syndrome. Mm. Which I've, had, I've had in the creative arts all my life. I feel like I you know, a really strong sense of I'm, I'm not allowed to be here in some mm-hmm. way. Um, and somebody suggested like looking at that, at that sort of imposter feeling that I was, that I was struggling so much with through the artist's way. And mm-hmm. I decided that, that it was something that I wanted to do. And I just knew from the beginning that I needed support in order to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I gathered a group of people um, from my movement community together and said, you know, who's interested? Let's do this together. Mm-hmm. And, and we met in person before um, before a weekly class that we were going to, a weekly five rhythms dance class. We met in the park beforehand. It was over a summer. And we just uh, shared our journey and just um, sort of sat with each other through through these these 12 weeks. And that experience, it it was a combination of what was happening within the book and what was happening through the process of being on a journey with others doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. It was both of those elements were just life-changing, really. Um, And for many of the people in that circle, you know, big change, big changes (laughs) for for all of us. Um, Mm. And that was really the beginning. Yeah, that was the beginning of of, of my path with the artist's way. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And I relate to so much of what you said of like, 
it is a really complex book and I can't get behind every single word either. And I think also it is, it's just not, it is a little bit older, you know, um, yeah. I can't remember exactly when it was published, but I think, um, yeah, in some ways it does feel dated. In other ways, it feels incredibly revolutionary. And I yeah. think yeah. I really found refuge in this book in a way yeah. that I had often tried to seek refuge in religion or spirituality. Um, yeah. Like I don't have a religious background, but I remember as a teenager being really interested in other religions and like almost wishing that I had come from a religious background because I really wanted this deep sense of devotion that the book is speaking to yeah. and to have something that would, yeah, give me this freedom within structure that we have talked about before yeah. um, in the beginning of this. And I think to me, that is the power of the book that if you're open to this and if it's something that you need at this point in your life, it can and can create such a beautiful container for really deep questions and can really provide a safe space for you to open up in that way. But it's also really, really hard work. It's really, really hard work. <laughs> it is. It is. And it's also, it's hard and it's as much as you want it to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I really, yeah. I always try and kind of, I think, for me, people that I've met, um, so the reason I then continued on the journey with then going on to, to, um, to, to sort of support other groups going, going through the, the, the book was because I met so many people who would always be saying, oh, I tried it and then I got to here and then I, and mm. then I gave up and then I got to here. And, and I think it feels like a huge commitment because mm. it is both time-wise and you know emotion wise like it mm -hmm. yeah it, it asks us challenging questions of ourselves mm -hmm. um but i also really would promote this sense of the permission to 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 go as much or as little into it you know um mm -hmm. i just really believe that we're all at different stages of of needing different things mm -hmm. from these sorts of containers and i think it's as valuable to go through all 12 weeks and just be doing one out of the five tasks let's mm -hmm. say yeah. um and not feeling like the only way that we can do it or the only way that we can really engage is if mm -hmm. we you know, take 12 weeks off work and <laughs> devote ourselves entirely to it, which, you know, it isn't practical for many of us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really resonate with what you say about that, that, that feeling of a deeper um, connection to spirit in some way. Um, mm -hmm. It's something that I, that I try and, um, I try and explore the ways that we can find our own individual relationship to the notion of some of the things that she's talking about so she's mm -hmm. quite quick in to use words like god which mm -hmm. um yeah for, for me growing up in a non in actually a very atheist background um it, that was really challenging to mm -hmm. begin with really challenging um and i had a friend who in the group that I when I was first doing it who said you know just substitute it for something else something else that works for you and mm. I've always then carried that advice to others in terms of you know saying the force that life wants to bring through you or, mm. or, or you know coming into your own relationship with it um uh I think uh she's working in a very similar way to the 12 step programs do you know do you know much about yeah. them yeah Not time, yeah yeah I'm the same I don't know so much um but I know that there's again there's a there's a a spiritual aspect to that um but in my understanding it's a, it's a spiritual it's a it's an it's a connection to the spirit that 
has is it that that's the container but there's the freedom within it to find what that means for you Mm -hmm. you know we're not talking about a christian god in the way Mm -hmm. that many of us have have been brought up with Mm -hmm. um and the space for for uh every part of that spectrum whether that's atheism agnostic or um or whatever language for for god you know might work for you um and and there's beauty in that as well, I think, in in really exploring some of these deeper philosophical existential questions as as creativity, you know, as life force, um, mm. eros or, or whatever, you know, whatever framing you want to to find find that in. Yeah, totally. Yes, and I also loved what you said in the beginning um, about like you know, what we need from this container might really change over time and it is totally okay to dip into it and see what feels good right now and what you can actually make time for. I also think that just starting the morning pages can make a huge difference in one's life in itself and it really doesn't have to take long. Like, I know it really changed everything for me and I really want to come back to them now. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's, it's both. There's something about both being able to dip in and uh, by which I mean like being able to dip in and out and not having to feel like you know you you can't try it you can't join if you can't you know you can't do Mm -hmm. it if you can't do all of it Mm -hmm. um and yet at the same time for me there was also great great healing in actually committing to I'm going to start and I'm going to end um because before that and with many things actually I've I've had this idea of myself as somebody who has the intention to do something, you know, and yeah. maybe we'll start it and then it will go away for years. And, and that's okay too. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, there was, there was a huge amount of potency in beginning, mm-hmm. seeing it through and ending. It felt mm-hmm. like I, even if, you know, um, yeah, I mean, the first time I did it, I really was, wasn't taking on the full quantity of the tasks that she offers mm. but I stayed and I sat you know it was like mm. uh, like they say with with meditation um yeah it's 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 the it's the turning up for ourselves by mm-hmm. sitting on the cushion or by uh, mm-hmm. she talks about turning up on the page for the morning pages mm-hmm. um even if you're writing you know three words instead of three pages mm-hmm. it's the doing of it again and again and again and mm-hmm. staying with ourselves to, to completion of you know really going through the course and ending it that I felt I felt such a sense of achievement at the end of it mm. in a way that I hadn't felt for almost anything in my life including you know university degrees I hadn't really felt like achievement mm-hmm. in the same way it was quite extraordinary and then there was something about this this feeling of wow I gave that to myself you know I mm-hmm. did that for myself um, mm-hmm. and the things that I had to show at the end of it you know, it wasn't a certificate <laughs> yeah. or something like that, but it was much, much deeper. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think again, that was just what I needed to hear as I'm, <laughs> as I'm embarking another 12 weeks myself. Yeah. I think you're totally right. Um, I, I want to kind of circle back a little bit on what the morning pages actually are be- because um, some yeah, of course. might not know. So can you maybe recap that for us? Yeah, so she asks us to bring this thing called the morning pages into into daily practice. Um, she says three pages. Uh, what I like about that is, depending on the size of your notebook, three pages can 
can mean different things. Um, she does suggest three three A4 sides. Um, oh, really? I she does. Five. Oh, God. <laughs> or I think, I think so. Maybe I'll have to check that. My reading of it was three sides. Um, okay. But to be honest with you, I have a particular size of a, um, I have a, like a, a moleskin, um, mm-hmm. Uh, what size is it? It's like a square. It's definitely smaller than it's. It's definitely smaller than A4. Mm-hmm. And I've always done my three on there. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I've seen friends do on even smaller. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the the idea is that you're using these three pages basically for stream of consciousness writing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and at particular points in the book, she's asking maybe more directed questions for reflection in those pages. So it might be, um, you know, use your pages this morning to think about um, your relationship to this part of your creativity or something like that. But on the whole, it's uh, it's an unstructured uh, stream of consciousness writing. Um, and then you're supposed to, you know, not go back and, and look at them for a while. So it's mm-hmm. not about um, writing something that would ever be read by anybody else other than yourself. Mm-hmm. And the, the potency, the power in that for me um, has been really uh, getting to know the voices inside my head, you know, mm-hmm. really allowing, um, allowing myself to write through boredom allowing myself to write through you know self-doubt of what the hell am I doing Mm. I'm tired I don't know what I'm writing about (laughs) um and then noticing when you the more that you do it what I find which is why I think actually having a little bit you know actually going to a4 pages can be a really amazing thing because it takes me a while to get through all of that mud really Mm -hmm. (laughs) of the beginning of not really having anything to say Mm -hmm. and then all sorts of interesting conversations (laughs) will come out of me um and some of it quite shocking you know for its its cuttingness it's Mm. the you know I've I really encounter my critic on on the page in the morning pages um the part of me that feels like I'm not good enough that that I, I'm, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. Um, and the language that I notice myself using sometimes mm-hmm. is, is quite illuminating um, and beautiful because it then allows me to really see what's going on inside my head. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's, it's brought so much more compassion for myself, mm-hmm. um, so much more recognition of, of, oh yeah, that's that voice that comes in and says this at particular moments like this, or, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's the desire that's still there longing for something underneath. And, oh, that's the small part of me that feels, that feels embarrassed or ashamed. Um, so it's really helped me to acknowledge sort of sift through different different parts of um, myself and bring more compassion to myself and awareness in that process um, mm-hmm. and again I think it's worth saying that for different people it's that you know the morning pages are offering very different things and we all have our own our own personal relationship to them um, for me it's it's really been around finding finding out more about myself um, mm-hmm. and hearing myself speak Mm -hmm. and um bringing more compassion to myself through that Mm -hmm. yes oh yes (laughs) yes I don't know for you I don't know if you have a different experience I mean everything you said and also I think at the moment what I feel quite strongly is this feeling very soothing that I'm being listened to even if it's just by myself you know like I feel um with what's happening in the world 
we're all so overloaded and I feel like there's like a real need to make intentional space to listen to each other. Um, And also in addition to that, it feels really good to make that space for myself and be consistent in that way because um, it is just not always practical to, you know, have a, a, a or several relationship ships in your life where you can be listened to for an hour every single day, you know? Um, And so that feels really good. And then the other thing I feel is also, seeing the patterns in my life a lot more clearly yeah. so I'm allowing myself to complain if I need to and also I can step back and see oh wow I've, I've been talking about this shit for three weeks now am I actually doing it <laughs> yeah you know yeah. and yeah. and I think without morning pages I could go much longer without taking action yeah. um in, in a direction that feels better and that doesn't make it easier but it definitely brings more clarity and awareness quicker I think yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, the other practice that Julia is recommending are artist states, yeah. um, which are also really beautiful. And I would love to hear kind of what they look like for you and how they've changed things. Yeah, of course. So the artist state, I think um, in some ways, for me personally, even more than the morning pages was just revolutionary. I think mm-hmm. because I had a sort of, I had some sort of journaling practice before the morning pages. So while it was new for me, um, it wasn't so unfamiliar. It wasn't so out of my comfort zone. Um, But the artist state, which is, you know, asking yourself to take yourself out, give yourself time um, to to, to nourish and nurture yourself in in some creative way. But that's very flexible what that might mean. has really been an extraordinary gift of permission for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So while I'm somebody that's very independent, um, I've traveled a lot on my own. And so I've done lots of things on my own um, when I've been in situations where I've had to, let's say, you know, out of, you know, in another country backpacking, I found it very easy to go out for dinner on my own. Mm -hmm. But uh, in my home environment, you know, here in the UK, Mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, particularly actually also as a, as a woman, um, I, I've never found an easy thing to, to go and do something on my own. It's mm-hmm. felt like a failing in some way, or I've, I've received some kind of information culturally that doing it on my own has meant that I've not succeeded at mm-hmm. <laughs> socially enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that I don't have a friend to do it with. Um, and, and that was quite a, big revelation for me because like I said I think of myself as someone who's really independent but I hadn't gone to the cinema on my own before Mm -hmm. I did an artist date you know Mm -hmm. I'd I'd always looked for a friend to go with um and that meant that actually I'd often denied myself things without really realizing it but I denied myself opportunities um to really just give myself what I was what I was asking for um Mm -hmm. so yeah going little things like that going to the cinema on my own or going to a gallery to see an exhibition on my own um they sound like such straightforward things but yeah I would say um you know five years ago it was completely unheard of that I would that I would feel a level of maybe it's confidence self-confidence to to feel comfortable being able to do that um Mm -hmm. I love now I go for lots of walks on my own. Um, I, yeah, I will go out for dinner on my own occasionally, usually not, to, <laughs> you know, really um, fancy restaurants mm-hmm. or something like that, but, you know, sitting with a book on my own in a cafe, um, 
really giving myself time for myself mm-hmm. without feeling like I'm waiting for somebody else or, or I've not succeeded in that day because somebody else isn't there with me. Um, mm-hmm. And for many people that might sound like the most normal thing in the world. Mm-hmm. For me, it just really wasn't. It just wasn't something that I'd experienced before. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I've had all sorts of beautiful experiences of, um, I have a book of London walks that, that, that takes you to different interesting parts of London and mm-hmm. I'll often go out at a weekend and follow that and find an old church that's got some kind of historic significance or, mm-hmm. um, you know, some, some, uh, yeah, some landmark somewhere and go exploring, um, and then also going to the theatre or going to a music concert or something. Um, things that I'm also doing with friends, but that I'm giving myself the permission to also do on my own more often. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say I do it weekly anymore, um, mm-hmm. but the times when I was doing it weekly, I just I just felt such a sense of um, connection to to myself and a flourishing in my independence and self-confidence for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful to hear. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I would love to, um, before we go, kind of maybe yeah. come back to movement and embodiment because I know yeah. these are really important parts of your creativity as well. And yeah. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So um, I've been dancing a, a practice called the Five Rhythms um, for around about 10, just over 10 years now. Um, I started when I was living in, in Brighton, where you are. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it really has been a, a very, very healing and therapeutic journey for me. Um, so it was uh, a practice that asks us to come into our bodies and to find ourselves as we are in any moment to moment through our bodies and bring it into movement so it's a free movement practice there's no steps to learn it's just uh, exploring ourselves and expressing ourselves through movement mm-hmm. and um I then carried on in that practice and later uh, moved my focus into something called movement medicine, which mm-hmm. um, is is rooted in, in five rhythms and then is developed into really connecting us deeper into um, into a sense of, of, of spirit, of environment, of community. Um, it's somewhere between social justice and embodiment and... Uh, and personal it's not a therapy but it's definitely a therapeutic tool Mm -hmm. um for for learning to to be with ourselves um and it's really based in these this idea that we we are all in movement you know every if we weren't moving we wouldn't be alive our breath is movement and the rhythms and patterns of our movement the way that our energies rise and fall just like the seasons are turning um encountering ourselves as this landscape of movement can mm-hmm. really can really invite us into emotional states within ourselves um mm-hmm and all sorts of states within ourselves physical sensations um thoughts this connection between our body and our heart and mind um that when it can come into an alignment through just increased sitting with ourselves being with ourselves moving with ourselves Mm -hmm. um 
has likewise just just created extraordinary shifts and and changes in my life and uh yeah it's 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 my core practice now i've just uh, finished my movement medicine teacher training mm-hmm. so i'm moving into into more offerings in movement um and looking for bridges or for ways to open some of these teachings out to people who maybe have have some knowledge of somatic or embodiment work mm-hmm. but but wouldn't really feel comfortable in a sort of ecstatic dance environment mm-hmm. um so there's somewhere it's somewhere in between you know uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's i mean it's extraordinary really i think at the moment the emergence of ecstatic dance conscious dance um, mm-hmm. activities it seems to be you know it's being uh uh, discussed almost as like the new yoga I've, I've mm-hmm. seen a lot around around this um and movement medicine has a very particular place within that it's, it's a very deeply rooted in the earth practice um mm-hmm. it's really not about escaping the body but coming deeper and deeper deeper into the body and through the body and um encountering ourselves and encountering the world in that way it's based in um well, not based in it's. It's very informed by Gestalt psychotherapy. Oh yes, um, it's got a lot of interesting anthropological roots, and um, yeah, yeah, I yeah, I'm a really, really big, <laughs> really, really advocate for it. There's a hundred things I could say, but yeah, that sounds incredible. I am definitely going to come up to a workshop in London sometime. Yeah, I'd love um, to. I haven't seen anything that I felt really drawn to in terms of five rhythms or movement medicine and um, Brighton, but I feel, well, I also really feel shy if I'm very honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a really um, common thing. It's, it's an, I think movement, well, for me, actually movement voice, um, mm-hmm. you know, voice in some way, singing or music kinds of things. Um, like all parts of our creativity like they're hugely vulnerable like mm-hmm. they can make us feel extraordinarily vulnerable um mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay but yes hearing you speak about this I'm like yes <laughs> I think that is the next step yeah I'm, I'm gonna have a look thank you so much there's a, there's a there's a there's a lot there you know and and sometimes it's just finding your way into where feels right um I actually have a beautiful story the person the one person that I know that I said uh finished the whole of the artist way did it all and did it all on her on her own mm-hmm. um is a five rhythms teacher oh. and she one of her first uh, artist dates that she gave to herself was to go to a five rhythms class so oh. she went to her first class wow. um and uh and then you know many years later th- through the artist way and then many years later is a is a five rhythms teacher so mm. yeah yeah it's, it's it has <laughs> it has big changes there are big changes that yes. happen when we you know when we give ourselves the permission to just say do you know what I really want to do that thing and I'm scared mm. but I really want to try it mm-hmm. um and importantly, when we then uh, can come back to others and, and say, hey, I did this thing, you mm-hmm. know, and others can, can gather around us and go, yeah, we support yeah. you we're behind you. Totally. Yeah. That reminds me also about what you said earlier about the sense of achievement and how that's often not coming from these big institutionalized yeah. certified things that we're doing, interestingly, but that so often these practices where really we're just showing up for ourselves rather than anyone else giving us approval are the things that we can really 
feel proud of and like sink into this feeling of achievement that yeah. we're often kind of not allowing ourselves in other, other ways. So yeah, for sure. That, that's and really to be witnessed by others doing that. I mm. think, um, you know, the, the power of feeling uh, the validation of another that is a non um, you know the, the beauty of actually getting together with 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 strangers with people that we don't know but we're mm-hmm. we're on that same journey or doing something together like in a in the support group um, you know we're witnessing each other as we mm-hmm. move change and so there's this deep holding of, of validation for who we are and celebration for who we are that we can also share with each other and we 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 can like fill our cups through through each other in that way and I found that that practice of of leaning more into um into others actually a, a really beautiful thing as well in helping me to change some of my the ways that I'm talking to myself you know um mm. so it, allowing me to validate myself um because I'm supported also in, in really learning to listen to others when they say wow yay you did this thing you went to that dance class um mm. you know, it, it helps us to 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 celebrate ourselves when we're also celebrating each other mm. yeah yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so you touched on a group already. I would love to hear what you're currently offering. How can people join and where can they find out more? Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, at the moment I'm offering um, starting on the 3rd of March, just ready for spring, um, uh, uh, an online support group for the artist's way. So um, we'll be gathering together in a small group of people to go through the book together. And I'll be just gently holding, facilitating, facilitating that. Um, So it's the first time that I'll be doing it as an online group. Mm -hmm. Um, But that feels really exciting for me as well. I think, uh, again, it's hopefully allowing, encouraging people who might feel like they don't have access to that in their own communities or Mm -hmm. maybe don't feel like they have the time to meet in person. Um, It's using, you know, the incredible technologies that we have access to these days to come into connection at a distance. So we'll be meeting once a week to have a check-in, which is what she talks about in the book. She also suggests in the book, actually, to really gather with others to do it as a support um, mm-hmm. so we'll have this check-in once a week and then we'll go off in the week and do our own reading of the chapter do the tasks I'll be sending um, an encouragement email during the week and then we'll meet together on Sunday evening to, mm-hmm. to just check in and see see what the week's happened been like for us see what progress we've made what challenges we've had and just allow our reflections and sharings to to support each other Mm-hmm. Um so yeah I have a sign up page um on my Instagram and on my Facebook um we can put all of that information in the notes is that yeah, right yeah, yeah. Course, yeah. great mm-hmm. um and it's on a, a contribution uh basis trying to make it as accessible as possible based on on your your the comfort of your um uh based on your your wages your earning and uh yeah we start on the third it's actually going to be 13 weeks because we want to give time to um just to have an introduction session Mm -hmm. and uh yeah yeah if that's cool I would love to let people know how much it is because I feel really really honored like it's incredibly accessible and I I just feel so grateful that you're 
offering it the way you are. So let's yeah, let okay. know about let's that. Say that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a uh, £30 um, for sort of unwaged or concessions, mm-hmm. £50 um, if you're on a uh, like a, a low wage, 70 if you feel in a comfortable wage, and it's a hundred pounds if you feel you know capable of, of giving that and supporting me to um, to develop this work and to give more offerings. Mm-hmm. So, and that's including yeah all of the 13 weeks. These out so the hour sessions, one encouragement email a week, and I also have a PDF of the book available um, mm-hmm. if that's needed as well. Cool. Yeah, I think that's incredibly generous, and I will be part, taking part of it. As yeah, you will be. I'm, I'm excited. really excited. So it's going to be, I think, a beautiful way to meet some new people. I'm really, really excited to see who's going to show up, and yeah. would love to be in dialogue with people about what's coming up for them, and also have this gentle accountability of really, really yes. going through it this time by myself, with my, yeah. you know, not by myself, but in the group and by myself yeah. and yeah and that's yeah. a really amazing I think that's a great phrasing of it this gentle accountability yeah <laughs> it's just this way of like lifting us up supporting us you know, yeah. helping us to hold each other um, yeah yeah in a in a in a gentle and encouraging and celebratory way yeah yeah Sarah thank you so so much it was really beautiful to talk to you I'm very very excited to share this episode and your work in general with everyone and yeah thank you so much for your time and for sharing so much thank you no it's beautiful to talk to you